This week we will briefly discuss the personality, the life of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the famous Mir Rosh Hashiva. Reb Chaim was born in 1902 in Kovna, in the heart of Lithuania. He was born into a family of Tamidi Chachamim. His father was a, a Rav, but he was his mother was the daughter of the altar of Navardic, which means that he was already brought up in a house not only of Torah, his father was a Rav, but in the world of Musr, Navardic. Actually, the Sandak, his Sandak, was of Yitzhak Blazer, of Yitzhak Petterberger, also one of the great leaders of the Musr movement. As we can say about most of the Gedolim that we discuss, his childhood was spent in total immersion in learning. He showed great promise as an Ilui, and he moved to Stuchin. His family moved to Stuchin, and that's why the nickname that he was known in the world of yeshivas was Reb Chaim Stuchiner, Reb Chaim from the town of Stuchin. He went to teach at a very young age in the yeshiva of Reb Shimon Shkap in Grodna. That yeshiva had famous Talmidim who became the Rashi yeshiva that I knew from the days that I was growing up in yeshiva. Some of the Talmidim that Reb Chaim Shmulevitz had in this yeshiva in Gradna actually later on sort of became colleagues because the disparity of age was not that great. Some of the Talmidim were Reb David Lifshitz the Suval Kirov, who later spent many years as the Rosh Hashiva in Chicago and then moved to Yeshiva's university where he was a Rebbe for many, many years. Another one of his Talmidim in, in, in the Yeshiva in Grodna was Rav Gustman, the author of Kuntrusei Shiurim, who had a Koach of Chidush in his Svarim that was unusual for, in, in his generation. Reb Shimon very often quoted, I mean, Rav Gusman very often quoted Reb Shimon, but he was not just a student of Reb Shimon in Grodny, he was a student of Reb Chaim Stuchim or Reb Chaim Shmulevitz also. One of the most famous Rashi Yeshiva of Panevish, Reb Shmuel Rozovsky, was also a Talmudir of Reb Chaim in the Yeshiva of Grodna. But of course, as time progressed and the Jews of Europe were forced to run away and and find a miklat, find some sort of refuge someplace. The yeshiva moved, the yeshiva world moved to Japan and then to Shanghai. The biggest group of students that moved to Japan and Shanghai were the Talmidim of the Mir Yeshiva and Rav Chaim Shmulevitz at that time became totally involved with the yeshiva of Mir in Japan and Shanghai. He actually used to be the fundraiser for the yeshiva, not just the Rosh Hashiva who said shiurim, but he was very active in supporting the yeshiva. The whole burden of the yeshiva really fell on his shoulders. I knew many of the Talmidim who learned in Shanghai at that time. These are the people that became the first generation really of the Rashi Yeshiva 
of America. Mo- many, many of the Rosh Yeshiva of America were students in Shanghai at the time that Reb Chaim was saying she were in there. One of the Rebbe's of Yeshiva University, Reb Zipperstein, used to tell me that actually he spent time in Shanghai learning Bechavusa with Reb, with Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. And later on, the only time that I personally met Reb Chaim was when he was visiting Rav Tziperstein, and I came in to visit Rav Tziperstein when Reb Chaim Shmulevitz was visiting him as well. In Shanghai, of course, he was a little bit older than many of the Talmidim there, and as I said, he was saying Shi'urim there, but he had a relationship with some of the Talmidim as really as a father to them, they had run away and they had nothing but the yeshiva. Rav Fishman used to tell me, one of the rabbis of Yeshiva University, who had learned in Shanghai, he told me the hasmada of the yeshiva in Shanghai was remarkable. But on one hand, it wasn't so remarkable. They had really nothing else to do. There was no possibility of going anyplace, doing anything, and they spent their t- time totally immersed in Talmud Torah. One of my closest friends in the world, Harav Svi Fishman, was the first child born in Shanghai at that time. He told me that at his bris, Reb Chaim was the Sandik. And Reb Chaim gave him a bracha. Reb Chaim said, at the, at the, at the bris, you will become a God will be Israel. So my friend used to say, with his sense of humor, that he never really realized that bracha to come true. But Reb Chaim's bracha had to come true. So indeed, it did come true. My friend was rather tall. So he said, if the bracha of being a God of Israel didn't come true in the spiritual significance, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sure that the bracha would come true, at least in a physical sense, and he was considered a tall fellow, a God of Israel. After Reb Chaim was in Shanghai, as the fellows could leave Shanghai and find another place to establish the yeshiva, of course, the mere yeshiva moved to New York, and many of the mirrors moved for a while to New York and spent some time in the yeshiva of Mir in New York. Reb Chaim was one of them, but eventually... Reb Chaim moved to Yerushalayim. He had married the daughter of Reb Lezer He was the son-in-law of the Rosh Hashiva of Mir and joined his father-in-law in establishing Yeshiva in Mir. At that time, of course, the Yeshiva was rather small compared to today's Yeshiva of Mir where the amount of students, I don't have any true facts and figures. Some people say 3,000, some people say 5,000, but there's no doubt that the Mir Yeshiva today is one of the largest yeshivas, perhaps. Lakewood is just as big. It's hard for me to know, but there today the yeshiva has grown to unbelievable extent. When Reb Chaim was there, he was the main demut of that yeshiva. Now what's very interesting to note is Reb Chaim was known as Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, a Gadol Bataira. If I would just say how much Hasmada, how much Lamdis he had, 
it sounds rather trite to talk about these Gedolim. It's true he knew Bavli, he knew Yerushalmi, he, he had a deep mind, he said wonderful. But, you know, it's rather common when you talk about the great Rosh Yeshiva, that he was a masmid and a tzaddik, and, and Reb Chaim certainly was all that. But what was more interesting to me is that Reb Chaim, besides saying his regular Gemara Shirim, as an enical, as a grandson of the, of the altar, growing up in the world which combined Torah and Musar, Reb Chaim used to say weekly shiurim in Musar. The same person who said the shiurim in Lundis also said the shiurim in Musar. And I think in an ironic twist of faith, of faith his sichot un Musar became even more famous than his shiurim in Lundis. Now, the students in the yeshiva probably appreciated the shiurim in Lundis more than many of them would have appreciated the sichot musariot. But there are many people, I would assume it's more of Amcha, more of the people who liked to hear the sichot musar, which were certainly intellectual, which were certainly deep, but somehow they could understand and relate to Reb Chaim's sichot musariot more than to his shiurim. In a similar vein, I very often think that Rav Salavechik's koach and learning in Yeshiva University, if you ask the fellows that were there in the 60s, when I was there, what was the koach of Rav Salavechik? So of course the koach was in all areas of Torah. But his lambdas, the day-to-day shir, was the essence of his existence. Whereas many other people knew him from reading an essay that he had written, reading, uh, hearing a, a short Vartar in the parasha, Sichat Musariot, the, the Musar talks, or whatever they heard from the Rav. Whereas we felt that the essence of the Rav was the Lambdas. I think, you know, there is somewhat of a similar situation with Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, that although the yeshiva world knew that he's Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, a Gadol Bataira, the world generally knew him as in the world of Musar, there are a number of Sfarim that were left by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. One of the Sfarim that was left was Shiurim on Maseches Gitten, Shari Chaim, Shiurim on Maseches Kedushin. And I really wonder how many Talmudim really use those Sfarim, how many people know about the Sfarim, how many people learn them. Of course, it's not up to me to explain the depth and the greatness of those of the Svarim, the Chidushim, of Reb Chaim in, in the Mesechus of which we have his Svarim. But what's interesting is that there's a volume called Sichot Musar, Shari Chaim, which came out of three little volumes, three different years of the Sichot that he gave week after week had been written. And today they're publi- republished and republished different editions. Today they can be bought in one volume as Sichot Musar from Adoneinu, Moreinu, Vrabeinu, Sara, Torah, Ma'oran, Shal Yisrael, Hagon, Reb Chaim, Shmulevitz, Rosh Yeshivas Mir. And these were the shirim that he said in 1971 to 1973. Those Sichot have been already translated to English. They are learned in many different schools in Eretz Yisrael. I know that in the seminaries for women, there are classes that teach the Sichot of Reb Chaim. Yeshivas, people learn the Sichot. And somehow the popularity of this of the Sichot Musar became greater than the Svarim and Lambdas. 
Perhaps this is the way of the world. People understand Agada, people understand Machshava, and more people go to the world of Agada and the world of Machshava than the, to the words of Lambus. But perhaps a fitting tribute to Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, whose yard site will be in Gimel Teves. He passed away when he was rather in 1978, Gimel Tevis of 1978, when he was 76 years old. Reb Chaim, in the Sefer of Sichot Musar, discusses Hespedim as well. What is the proper thing to say about a person? How do you give a Hesped? And he said there, the custom is to tell some stories about a tzaddik, about a certain person. And they think by telling stories they will depict his image. Reb Chaim said that's not true. Because and the act that's done, the story that's done, might be a true story. But we're afraid that maybe this particular story will, you'll leave out some important detail, you won't describe it, you won't understand the otzma, the power of that particular action, and then it's almost as if you said something that's dis- disrespectful. Lahavdil, we say about Hakadosh Baruch Hu that who can praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Who can do an adequate job? Even if you can't do it, then it's best not to even begin. Who can praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Who can do an adequate job? And if you can do an adequate job, then sometimes it's better not to even begin. So Reb Chaim says, for example, a story that's done, but you tell the story, but you don't understand the background, the uh, the the, under, the deep meaning of the person that did it, is also belittling this the image itself. And therefore, he says, it is impossible really to describe the nifter, by telling his stories. Because those stories could have different levels for different people. And until we know the person himself, we cannot really judge his actions. Just by judging his actions, we always can are afraid that maybe we're, we're, we're praising him about silver when we should have been talking about gold. Of course, a reference to the Gemara in the respect to praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what we should do is to really understand that person himself, to understand who he was, and then we'll understand his action, and we'll understand who he really was. This complaint about Reb Chaim was very interesting to me, because this is something that Rav Soloveitchik also felt very strongly. The Rav always said, we give standard hespedim about gedolim. Whatever we say about one person, you could say about another. It, it differentiate between the godless of one Godel and another is the task of a Hesped. And when we talk about Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, it's hard for me, who did not know him personally, to describe the uniqueness of Reb Chaim. The only thing that I said and I found interesting is this is one of the few Gedolim that lived the world of Musr, lived the world of Lambdas, and therefore became famous in both, wor- in both worlds. His, his Sefer on, on Musr, as well as the Sfarim on Lambdas, are classics in the Yeshiva world. Although perhaps the Musr Sfarim are learned more than the Lambdas Sfarim, nobody will question the Lambdas of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, the Rosh Yeshiva of Mir, for many, many years, the Marbid Torah for so many years, 
but yet a person so rooted in the world of Musar that his Sfarim are classics till this day.